What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. Last month, 24-year-old Banco Brown was murdered by a security guard at a Walgreens in San Francisco just weeks after management told security guards to confront anyone they suspected, and I'm using air quotes here, y'all, of shoplifting. This week, the family of Banco Brown has filed a lawsuit against that Walgreens. There's been consistent nonstop organizing and community response in San Francisco, um, led by the Young Women's Freedom Center, uh, where Banco was an organizer. We're joined this morning by Julia Arroyo, the co-executive director of the Young Women's Freedom Center. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Good morning. Julia, I want to start with, with you, actually, and just ask you how you're doing. How, and how is the family, you know, the YWFC family, the Young Women's Freedom Center community, how are you all doing? Um, You know, it's um, I think it's coming and going in phases for for us. You know, and um, yeah, we we're just all trying to be a support system for each other, and just a lot of listening, a lot of just being attentive because this isn't um, something that we're kind of new to. You know, these things happen, and you know, this is devastating for for us all and a lot of um, Banco's chosen family too. Right. That was who I was going to ask about next. So District Attorney Brooke Jenkins has refused to press charges against a security guard. What is the ask now of Attorney General Rob Bonta, and where can he step in? You know, um, on the, on that piece of it, you know, like it does, this is another opportunity for them to look into it, but you know, the the point is, too, is that we're keeping Banco's name alive and that his name was not in vain. His life was not in vain. And, you know, um, no matter what happens, you cannot replace this young person's life. That's right. I mean, we were just completely robbed of this young community activist that was so selfless to do so much for others. And really, we will never know what his full potential was in San Francisco, the Bay Area, on the nation, whatever it is, because we were, we were robbed of that. And so we have to all sit. We have to all sit with this. And, um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we say often there's, there's that... Um, action chant right no justice no peace um or what do we want justice and this conversation about when our loved ones are stolen with extrajudicial killings murders excuse me um there there actually is no justice because the only justice would be for banco brown to be back in his community um you all are 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 leading a conversation about larger societal issues around inequity, right? That contributed to the targeting and ultimate murder of Banco Brown. Can you talk about housing access and how that conversation fits into the fight for justice for Banco? Yeah. So meeting young people's basic immediate needs. Um, there's a lot of, uh, 
over surveillance and policing of young people, especially in San Francisco and throughout the Bay Area. But there's a imagine if those resources were redirected into supporting young people to thrive, and particularly black folks and black trans people and poor youth, you know, that are growing up that are disproportionately impacted by over policing, death, murders, these kind of things so by by law enforcement or by people that are um, security, armed security guards, you know? And so this is something that, you know, um, this, I mean, San Francisco should be ashamed of themselves at how there's this fear mongering over young people. And that's just not the case. That's just not the case. So um, we're really, really trying to just what Benko was fighting for housing, um, being able to, um, give young people economic opportunities to be able to uh, build up on their own leadership and inform community structural change in San Francisco and so and throughout the Bay Area and California because now we're located in the five sites but we, besides the, besides all that that's what that's what Benko was in his in his final days you know it it was all about housing for him you know and if if Benko was housed inside of somewhere with with dignity, housing with dignity too, because that's a, that's part of it. There's there's these housing solutions that are created that don't aren't based off of young people's self determination, right? Some folks will choose to to stay, some people will choose to go, some people are okay with roommates, some people need to have more individual living, and that was something that you know, young people used to be able to, to be able to see or an envision, you know, in, in San Francisco. And that's just not the case anymore. As a former foster youth myself, coming out of the system, you know, I was able to rent an apartment, you know, when I turned 18 years old, that is, young people cannot see themselves to be able to thrive in San Francisco and look at a business and go, I could, that could, I could be a business owner, or I could be part of this. You know, it's, um, San Francisco has one of the smallest demographics of young people, but yet they, they fight for space here and just to be seen and to be heard. And we have to know that young people are capable. They're capable of leading their their own lives and, and making um, decisions that can actually support them to be able to thrive in the end. There's the, the security guard that pulled the trigger but Walgreens gave a directive to their security guards just a few weeks earlier that said, you know, to confront anyone they suspected of shoplifting. And they've got these armed security guards, and you've seen more and more of that I, across the Bay Area. I went to Target the other day, and it looked they literally looked like the military that was standing outside. What is the accountability for these businesses that are that are engaging in this law and order narrative, the criminalization of young black and brown people and the response is folks with guns to protect property. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely not. I mean, these corporations need to be held accountable and not, and it's, the, the military kind of tactics that they're, that they're portraying on even just, you know, poor working class folks, you know, just in the inside of San Francisco, it's, it's so heartbreaking. It is really, really just so heartbreaking. You know, um, it's even to be able to walk through a store and to be followed and everything, it wears on you. 
it wears on you. I'm, I'm, I'm 38 years old now, you know, like I'm, a, I, I have, I'm in a different position inside of my life. A lot of people know that, you know, like I grew up in San Francisco, um, um, during the uh, mid eighties, you know, there was a lot of epidemics, a crack epidemic, mass incarceration, these kind of things. They, they impacted my life too. And now I'm in a different space in my life. And even being able to just walk through a store, like I have to make sure, like I have to, if I have to double check my grocery list and reach into my hand, into my pocket, you know, like all of this stuff, it wears on you, the hyper surveillance, the following you around. And you know, they're, they're not there to, to support you as like customers or anything even and it's just you know it's it's outrageous i mean there's no de-escalation there's no um i mean how make it make sense make it make sense i just i have ran this through my head a million times and it just makes no sense to me and i finally watched the video because i just i couldn't bring myself to it and and i and i mm. do feel like i i i you know, like I said, the different stages of of grief that have I have experienced and the community's experience, but but um, Barry and Banco was a hard thing, and you know, I, I I really just meditated on just having the strength to be able to 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 push on with this, and um, I, I finally watched the video, and it just makes no sense, just makes no sense at all, and you know. San Francisco just has to do better. And these corporations have got to know that this is not the way. This is not the way that it will be accomplished. And, you know, um, for, for the, um, and this, this fear mongering of young, young people for a loss of uh, revenue and businesses for uh, folks moving out of San Francisco for the high, um, all of these different reasons um, uh, of wealth, profit over people is just, it's so it's so heartbreaking, very very heartbreaking, and I'm just furious, ang angry, and trying to remain professional at all times. So I'm just it's it's Listen, it's a lot. It's, it's professional lot. to be angry <laughs> right now. That that yeah. that is proper. Um, yeah. You, and, and in the midst of all of it, right? You you all are organizing, and I want to give you an opportunity, Julia, to ask for any support or or tell us about ways community can plug in as this fight moves forward. Yeah, so um, we, I, I do believe that, you know, we have to be able, looking at all of the, um, I, I've taken a look into all the wait lists. Uh, you know, San Francisco has a great responsibility. There's a big thing happening inside of the nation right now. There's a lot of attack on um, trans people, on black people, you know, historically and um just poor people poor people in general and poor young people and um right now what you know our community of young people are asking for is time to grieve and for healing and space for those so being able to have um doors open for um those type of things where we're going to be doing a lot of um healing work with young people and uh wellness and, you know, it's, it's going to be a journey. It's going to be a journey for the community. And the community is still deeply mourning um, the way we vote. The way we vote is an important thing that people can take action for. Um, uh, and investment in housing solutions and not um, these P 
punitive measures that don't really um, support our communities to be able to thrive. Remember, young people are here to lead the next generation and our investment in them now is will uh, predetermine what you know success looks like for San Francisco. And there's, and can I just tell you that there are brilliant, brilliant mm. young people that I work with every day, brilliant young mm. people, and yet when they walk down the street, and I and I just recently I just recently went to um, travel with one young person. And a little girl ran, and she and she looked back at me, and she said, "Is it because I'm black? Did she run from me because I'm black, like that?" And I said, "I can't tell you. I can't tell you why this why this child just ran from you. I can't tell you that that reason, but I can tell you that you that you are loved, that you are wanted here, and that you and that you are are smart, and you are capable, and you're and I just, I have no explanation sometimes for the things that, um, for the young people and what they have to experience. It's just, I mean, we have to do better. Challenge, even if it's a, even if it's a, a conversation at your kitchen table to challenge the, the, your loved ones around you to think, think bigger think dip deeper and sometimes we do got to go back to the ancestors and we do got to go back to to different um organizing civil rights movement chicano movement uh american indian movements sometimes we do have to look back and see you know what what were we fighting for we are going to leave it there we will um put the social media handles for the young women's freedom center in the archive version of this show we were speaking to julia roya the co-executive director of the young women's freedom center you've been listening to law and disorder a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system agitate for resistance and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive that's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Rask and the Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.